Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by not one, not two, but three additional podcasters. Can you believe it? This is the new team. Let's roll it out. So first up, I'd like to reintroduce the great Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? Doing good, Henry. It's hot. It's really hot here. It is hot. <laughs> I'm loving the weather, though, because I'm from LA, so I love the hot weather. There you go. And you're probably feeling like you're lucky you're not in LA right now because it's a lot hot, hotter down it's there right now. It's probably a lot hotter out there. It's probably like 10 degrees or 20 degrees hotter. <laughs> All right. So let's get to know yeah. the rest of our team here. Um, and we're going to get uh, to know everyone a bit today. Uh, but next in line, reintroducing after a lengthy hiatus, the mighty Rainier. Rainier, how's it going? Yo, what's up, guys? I'm good. God, glad to be back. I've been in stasis uh, this entire time. <laughs> a winter soldier-esque uh, suspended animation, one might say. Landing on third earth, yep. <laughs> there you go. And now, a brand new member of the team. Let's welcome our newest podcaster, Christian Diadamo. Christian you were last to be introed, so maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself and your fandom. All right, you got it. All right, so I love all things DC and Marvel. Um, my favorite superhero is Batman, of course. I th I've read a lot of Batman. On top of that, I also really like you know video games. Um, I, I play a lot of Zelda. Um, also, I'm really big into sci-fi and then, you know, TV and movies, of course, whatever I can get my hands on, especially right now. That's awesome. So I know a question that Perfiri and I ask a lot of times when we hear someone saying, oh, my favorite superhero is so-and-so or my favorite movie is such-and-such. -such. So you're saying your favorite superhero is Batman. Why would you say he is your favorite? Well, let's see. Well, Rainier brought this up uh, earlier before the podcast, but uh, I'll, I'll steal this moment from him. Um, so my first introduction to Batman was Batman the Animated Series, which there you go. Uh, today is its anniversary. And of course, year anniversary today. It, it aired on, on the Fox network. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. 28 years. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and since then, since being exposed to, you know, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and all, like, everyone over at the, uh, the Timverse, growing up with that was amazing. And then, of course, with Batman, on top of that, um, you have the Tim Burton movies, and I did love Batman Forever a lot as a kid as well. So a long history of Batman fandom, essentially. Mm -hmm. okay. The 90s were a very good time for Batman. <laughs> And we don't want to stay on this too long, but maybe on a deeper level, is there something about the character that speaks to you, like his way of thinking or anything that that in particular jumps out at you? Hmm. It's always, uh, yeah, it's like, what's 
what's there not to love about Batman? He, you have this like really cool atmosphere with Gotham, all the that cool gothic architecture. You have a great cast of like heroes and villains alike all surrounding Batman. Uh, he's also got all the cool gadgets, the cave, the car. So it's not just Batman. It's it's the world of Batman that you're yeah. into. I get that. Yeah. As well, yeah, as well. And of course, there's the, uh, I think what's always great and uh, very relatable, that aspect of duality between Batman and Bruce Wayne and mm-hmm. um, how like he, he's just a man, but through like just training and sheer will and hard work, he's become more than a man. Right on. He's Love become it. a legend. A symbol, a dark night. <laughs> there you go. That's deep. Awesome. <laughs> oh, wait, have you guys talked about the new Batman trailer by any chance with Robert Pattinson? We have not. Well, uh, we touched upon it briefly. Okay, but, we're going to uh, dive into that not at some in depth. point. <laughs> at some point, for sure. Um, but uh, let's move on to you, Rainier. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm going to echo a lot of what Christian had mentioned. Um, big Batman fan here. Um, overall big comic book guy, um, everything DC Marvel image, uh, big convention goer, big movie, superhero related stuff, television, you name it, everything pop culture pretty much in general. Um, but yeah, uh, same as Christian, read a lot of Batman, read a lot of Justice League. Um, man, you name it. Uh, I'm into it. Excellent. A geek jack of all trades. In, in a sense, yeah. And if you're looking for my two cents on why I like Batman is because first Please. and foremost, he's a strategist. He's always six steps ahead. Even when you don't think he is, he's thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> that is he's a, cool. He, yeah, he's a detective. He's an intellectual. He's smart and he, he kicks butt. That's, a, that's, that's really cool because a lot of superheroes don't have that trait to them, right? So I think that's where you could argue Batman kind of sets himself apart from others. Okay, Perferio, what about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm into a bunch of Marvel, um, both movies, the MCU, and comic books. Um, I love pop culture, and I love, like, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Those are really my two go fans fandoms um and but outside of all that i really i'm so deep into like horror movies like it's an odd choice i guess to be into that but yeah i i love horror movies just the whole like jump scares and adrenaline of watching it it's cool very cool do zombie films fall into that category or is that a category all in itself I think zombie films falls into that. Like, I mean, people get scared from it, so I think so. It's horror. Okay, cool. Yeah. And my favorite hero, I mean, we've mentioned the scenery. My favorite hero is Spider-Man. I have, like, two Spider-Man tattoos. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, Perferio, you and I have have, uh, geeked out in our shared Spider-Man fandom quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We, and we both have Spider-Man tattoos, by the way. So we have matching. We have matching Spider-Man tattoos. Yes, we have matching Spider-Man tattoos. So we're we're linked forever, like literally forever. <laughs> Was that on purpose? 
It was not. It was completely like coincidental. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Perforia. So when they did uh, Marvel Zombies, where they basically married Marvel and zombies and horror, uh, that must have been awesome for you. I think, okay, I, I, I was excited about the idea because the creator of that series was the same creator of The Walking Dead. So he did that, and I was pretty excited for it, but the storyline kind of fell flat. Fell short? Yeah. But I only read, like, the first series of it, and there's, like, three launches of it, so I'm, I still, I, I'm, I kind of want to read the second and third series, but I'm, like, have, like, my reserves i'm like uh, but i would definitely if that ever became a movie i would totally be first in line to watch it without a doubt now that's too bad though that it, it doesn't hold up because i always thought the covers were really cool i enjoyed oh yeah the covers like, are cool yeah all the marvel characters like zombified out yeah i i really like the covers how they like got like classic covers and totally like made like zombie versions of them i thought that was really oh yeah cool Okay, so rounding it out just real quick, what am I into? Um, like everyone else in the conversation, I am also a comic geek. Um, my fandom lies heavily on the Marvel side of things, uh, reading the comics, collecting comics, uh, watching superhero movies and TV shows for sure. I'm also a big film geek. As big a comic geek that I am, I think I'm equally a film geek also. So history of film, definitely big cinephile here. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's the team. So uh, let's go ahead and move on. Now, this is great. We've got this new team. And I was super excited to, to assemble this team and, and get to this moment where we're all uh, getting to know each other and everything. And was really looking forward to this like happy moment and this is a pretty happy moment for sure but man we got hit with some really rough news recently and uh the passing of chadwick boseman man it is so sad and so tragic that man i i can barely talk about it i, I haven't been talking about it i haven't really been reading about it a whole a whole lot and I almost wanted to just kind of not mention it on this podcast, but I mean, it's one of those things that's like, how can you not at least say something? Uh, so I think we should say just a little something. Um, I feel like if you don't feel like talking about it, it's fair, but uh, maybe just a bit of time uh, if you have thoughts. I mean, I'll start just real briefly. Again, it's just really sad and unfortunate um and maybe the saddest aspect about it is the impact that chadwick boseman had on kids like kids were his biggest fans and he really made the effort to reach out to kids you know he became this symbol this uh, icon to kids and that just makes it that much sadder you know um that you know, to adults like us, it's incredibly heartbreaking, right? We, we lose this great figure. Um, but to know that kids are losing him too, um, that's just that much more heartbreaking, right? Anyone else have, have thoughts on this? 
And when I heard the news, actually, my wife mentioned, he's like, she was like, do you hear what ha- happened to Chadwick Boseman? And for some reason in my gut, I felt like, oh my gosh, she's going to tell me some really bad news. And she mentioned that he had died. Sure thing. Sure enough, like I, the first thing I did was I, I hopped online to just confirm it. I wasn't sure if it was just a crazy hashtag that was happening, but sure enough, it happened. And even to this day, like, I still can't believe it. He's, he's so young. He was so full of life. Like, I can't believe he's, he's gone, you know? Yeah. I think the one thing too that's crazy to hear is that you know he was he was battling this in silence like his inner circle kept quiet about it he kept quiet about it to know that he was diagnosed when he was filming Civil War and still continued to to you know work and also give us Black Panther while he was fighting through it um it's crazy yeah yeah for me when I first heard about it, I, I couldn't believe it. It took me, oh man, like probably like an hour to process like that he was actually gone. And then like once it hit me, it just like, I like, yeah, legit like kind of like just laid in my room and just like kind of like cried a little because like, you know, when he was first announced as Black Panther, um, I could like remember the exact moment I was when he was first announced it. Uh, I was like junior in college and it was announced that, yeah, he was going to take up the role. And I was just being like so excited because I had seen him in 42 and just being like, this guy's a phenomenal actor. He's going to do, he's going to do the role justice. And then like, yeah, Black Panther came out and the movie, it was bigger than a movie. It was like a revelation to like black kids um, seeing a superhero that looked like them and stuff. So like a celebration <laughs> yeah when that released yeah it was yeah yeah it was and you know especially watching out here in the bay area it was just it hit a lot closer um but yeah once it like hit me it just it was just like like i hate to like box him up as just the black panther because he he was just a phenomenal actor with his other roles but like he was like the black panther he was this king in real life he was this major role model and i was just like i, it, I just can't but you know it was it was hard yeah yep yeah it's really shocking news like and yeah with nobody know about it like oh man like i didn't really believe it the fir- what i first heard about it because you know Looks so yeah, he's so young. He was like uh, forty three, I think, um, and he became such an icon in such a short amount of time. Um, like with the with the roles he took, the how he acted, the people he played. Like he was a great role model. He was a great actor, and yeah, um, I mean, I'm really sad that he's gone. It's 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 a uh, yeah i'm I'm curious like how that's i mean i don't know how far along they were in writing the sequel mm-hmm. um i'm I'm kind of curious what's gonna happen there it seems like it would be a shame to not continue black panther like mm-hmm. i think if anything to honor him that should still continue in some in some way uh yeah, yeah. I've thought about this. I I think for me, I think the best thing to do is like, you know, open up Black Panther 2 with like a ceremony that like T'Challa 
passed away, like do like a little tribute within the movie. I don't think T'Challa should ever be recasted. Um, if anything, I think Shuri should take up the role of Black Panther, like in the comics, and that whole symbolism that Chadwick did for black boys. I think Shuri could do for black girls watching a black female superhero. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I I agree. You know, I think going with Shuri as the new Black Panther would be a good move. And yeah, it would be cool to see uh, T'Challa's life honored in the movies and, and at the same time, Chadwick Boseman's life, right? That would be kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, from my understanding, they were just about to start shooting Black Panther 2. So I, I would have to think that they had a pretty finalized script. It's definitely something to work off of, right? And now, man, I, they probably just have to go back to square one and, and rethink the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I do think they're going to continue. I don't think they're going to just stop the, yeah. the franchise there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we can go ahead and move on. And Chadwick Boseman himself was in the movie we are going to talk about, Captain America, Civil War. So the timing of all of this is kind of nuts because uh, three of us, uh, myself, Christian, and Porfirio had a movie night get-together on Thursday last week, which turned out to be the night before Chadwick Boseman passed away. I mean, it's just, the, 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 the timing is, is really mind-blowing, right? Um, yeah, I, when I got uh, Porfirio's text that next day, um, I was in complete disbelief. And I just, I, I, the, the images of seeing him just the night before were still like pretty fresh in my brain, right? So it was very surreal. Um, but uh, yeah, so we can talk about this movie and we can definitely talk about um, Chadwick Boseman's role and performance in this movie too, right? Um, but rewinding a little bit, um, I don't think I mentioned my uh, favorite superhero, right? So, you know, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm a big Marvel guy. Um, and Shelf I kind of... guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, well, I will say straight off, I, these days I kind of teeter. I'm, I'm definitely a Spidey guy, you know, uh, as... As you know, like Perfiri and I both have matching Spider-Man tattoos. Um, but uh, absolutely right up there with him is Captain America. So here we go again. We're going to talk about a Captain America movie. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Henry Liu is going to talk about Captain America, right? <laughs> um, but this is cool. I think it's cool that we have like some DC heads in here too. Um, there's, there's a tentative game plan that we're going to we're going to uh, balance things out by watching a DC movie and just sort of, you know, having a uh, civilized conversation about, about these two franchises. Um, but right now, yeah, we're going to talk Marvel again. Uh, so yeah, Captain America again. <laughs> so here we go. Civil War. Okay. Um, so let's start with the basics, you know, um, we watched this movie recently. Actually, uh, Christian Porfirio and I watched it recently. How about you, Rainier? Have you seen Civil War in recent times at all? I did watch it um, a week ago. Um, 
solo. Oh, nice. <laughs> just okay. to ref- just refresh it. But before then, uh, I think I think it's been a couple of months watching it, and it was actually watching it with my kids. And okay. uh, oh, so you're all over it. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's still in my head. Sweet. How could it not be? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So a little bit of uh, backstory. Um, why did it come to be we wanted to talk about this movie in the first place? So this kind of stemmed from a conversation that Perfergo and I had. Uh, we had a podcast episode themed, do superheroes glorify the police? And it, it kind of tied in with our current state of police brutality, police oppression, Black Lives Matter, etc. Um, and we we talked quite a bit about Civil War, like Civil War came up in that conversation and, and it kind of kept coming up in conversation. Uh, so when we all started to talk about doing movie nights on the regular, this was one of the first movies that came up. So um, here we are, we're gonna talk about it. So I don't think we wanna get super deep into police oppression right now, um, but just as a, you know, as an FYI, that's kind of where it, where it stemmed from. Um, right now, we can start with the basics, like, uh, um, you know, what did you guys like about the movie? What did you dislike about the movie? We can get a little deeper later, but kind of surface level. Um, what, what stood out for you guys? Anyone have anything to, to chime in on there? Um, I'll start. So I, I really like this movie. Uh, this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, Probably like, you know, it's definitely in the top five. Um, Infinity War, I think, will always be my favorite. But uh, I also love the other wars, the Civil War. Um, (laughs) I really, I think um, it combines like kind of the best aspects of Marvel as a whole. Uh, and you really get to see some great long-standing character arcs that are brought in through multiple movies that um, really all come to a head right here with Captain America, Iron Man, the rest of the Avengers. Um, but I guess on the flip side of that coin, I do think the movie is a little bit kind of bogged down by by a little bit. And uh, Captain America does, you know, he does kind of fall to the wayside a bit in his own movie. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Um, I mean, it's Captain America Civil War. It's the third. It's supposed to be the third, uh, you know, uh, of the trilogy of the Captain America films. To me, it felt like more of an Avengers 2.5. It's what Avengers Age of Ultron should have been, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the great thing is we we got Spidey out of it. We got Black Panther out of it. Mm hmm. Yeah, what I liked about the movie, I felt like it was definitely a different vibe than the other Marvel movies. I mean, like other Mar- other Marvel movies, you have like superhero versus villain. You know the superhero is going to win at the end. Um, but this one, it was like superheroes versus superheroes. Like, what's going to happen? The tension was really high, and I I liked that. I was like, fuck, what's going to happen? Um, how are they going to resolve this and everything? Uh, but the action scenes were cool, and just the whole theme behind it. I felt it was just so realistic and stuff. Um, I, that's what I loved about it. Yeah, the action in the movie is really great. Watching it again last week, the opening battle scene really jumped out at me. You know, I've always liked that that scene, the uh, the Avengers going after Crossbones. Uh, but watching it again, something really just 
really spoke to me and uh, it was just awesome. You got to see Falcon at his best. You got to see Cap at his best. You got to see Scarlet Witch kind of discovering how to use her powers properly. Um, Black Widow, a lot of great Black Widow action in there. Um, yeah, I'm a big Cap fan and um, I love Crossbones in the comic, you know, and and the Brock Rumlow character in Winter Soldier was great, but he wasn't really Crossbones, was he? He was just, you know, a Hydra agent. Um, but here he's full on Crossbones and there's a pretty great battle between Cap and Crossbones here, right? Uh, so that stuck out to me. But yeah, what you, Christian, and you, Rainier, mentioned, 100%, man. Like, this is much less a Cap solo movie than it is an Avengers movie. It's an Avengers movie. They might as well have called it Avengers Civil War, right? Um, and that has always bothered me. You know, I knew going in that this was the third of the Cap trilogy. And I knew, you know, Chris Evans had... Uh, his contract was going to be up after these three movies and his Avengers movies. So I, I was in there like, okay, this is the last time we're going to see Chris Evans solo cap. Right. And sure enough. Yeah. Re it really wasn't a solo cap movie, was it? So yeah, that, that, that bummed me out. I, I told a couple of you after we watched the movie last week that it took the sting out of that a bit after Endgame because Captain America got such a phenomenal end to his story in Endgame, right? He got, he got the, the storybook ending with, with Peggy and everything. Um, so it definitely took the sting out of this one a little bit. But watching it again, it's still there. You know, it's still there. I just feel like this was not a Cap Solo movie, you know? I'm still waiting for that Cap Solo movie. Um, and, you know, another thing I noticed uh, watching this again, and it, it was almost like rubbing the salt in the wound a bit. So, you know, when they, uh, they do the post-credit scenes, um, another thing the MCU movies do is they always say blank will return, right? That's a common thing. So I would think pretty much across the board, whoever's movie it is, they will say that person will return, right? So like, after Iron Man 2, it says Iron Man will return, right? They, they mentioned these things. The Guardians of the Galaxy will return, etc. I don't know if you guys noticed, but at the end of this movie, it did not say Captain America will return. It said Spider-Man <laughs> will return. I mean, what the fuck oh, yeah, is that, man? <laughs> it's a yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the reason is the post-credit scene is Spider-Man. You see the spider signal and everything. That's kind of cool. But, dude, that's Was just... Homecoming the next movie after Civil no, War? Not even close, man. <laughs> not I even mean, close. In terms of release date, did that movie come out after Civil it War? Did, it, it came after, but not right after. I think, I think after Civil War was Guardians 2, I want to say, but... I, I think it was Guardians 2. It wasn't Homecoming. So for them to do that was, like, kind of offensive, you know? Like, again... It was just taking away more from the fact that uh, it was not a Cap solo movie. So there's that. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to, to me, that is maybe my only significant beef with the movie. Like I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very thought provoking. 
and um, it's just a, a really well-made movie. I mean, the Russo brothers are, are proven superhero directors, and you know they they, they did a good job with this one too. I think. You guys are gonna hate this, but I think the movie would have had a much greater impact. Don't get me wrong, I liked it; it was fun. But as much as I like Rhodey's character, he should have died. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I agree. He should have died. I agree. He, he, would have, he should have melted into the ground from that height of a fall. And I've mentioned this to Henry time and time again. I mean, Rhodey is a military guy, right? You would have think that the most basic function in his Iron Man suit would have been some kind of parachute. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. That didn't happen. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember. And did you guys read Civil War in the comics? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I recently a... read it on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, so nice. is it? I think it's Goliath. Yeah, he was the big. He was the big death in 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 that story arc. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No one died in this movie. I mean, okay, the fight scenes were great. I mean, they were spectacular. They were big. They were epic. But the more I I, I see the heroes go at it, it like it might as well be a Nerf gun fight. <laughs> <laughs> I know they don't yeah. want to kill each other. I, I'm sure they probably struggled with that, and they're probably going to hit hard. But, I mean, it's got war in the title. I mean, there's casualties of war. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, like, you know, in Age of Ultron, you had Quicksilver die. Yeah. Like, you not have yeah. another Avenger die in Civil War to kind of, like, raise up the stakes. And as much as, like you said, I love War Machine, but, yeah, he should have died. <laughs> Yeah, I agree too. I, w- I think we talked about this a little bit too, but um, there's been a history of superheroes not dying in these Marvel Studios movies, right? Um, you know, even when someone you th- think, even when you think someone's died, like Nick Fury in the Winter Soldier movie, guess what? He's not dead, right? Uh, so, yeah, I totally agree. I think Rhodey should have died. Um, and the fact that he didn't die kind of took some stakes away. Like, like exactly what you're saying, Rainier, like the Goliath's death in Civil War, that was like the big wake up call. That was like, oh shit, this, this is serious, you know? Um, we never got that in Civil War. Now again, I think they kind of, they kind of made up for it in Infinity War slash Endgame where a lot of major characters did die. Um, so there's that. Um, but yeah, let's let's be real. In this movie, you know, no significant character deaths, and uh, I think it would have been more powerful if yeah, if uh, uh, War Machine did die. Yeah. Speaking uh, of like villains too, that's the thing. I think I, there's I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this a lot with like a lot of the newer Disney films, but like defining the villain. Like, have you guys all seen Inside Out? yeah yes like who's the bad guy in inside out think about it san francisco Uh, (laughs) putting broccoli on pizza yeah Uh, i think you could boil that movie down to uh a girl moves to san francisco realizes it sucks and wants to leave (laughs) like baron zemo uh in in civil i mean like i mean he's supposed to be the bad guy right Uh, did he come off as a bad guy to you guys? I mean, like, could he have been maybe a little bit more villainous? I mean, I know he was like the the the, the one pulling all the strings and trying to get the ants to fight, but I don't know. I feel like there could have been 
more there. Well, you know, maybe that's why the character's kind of cool because he doesn't have obvious villain characteristics, right? His family was killed basically directly by the Avengers, right? So, you know, from his perspective, he's not the bad guy. I mean, he's the victim, right? And the Avengers are the villains of, of his movie, right? Um, so, you know, if we're looking for an obvious comic book supervillain, we definitely didn't get it here, right? So good or bad, I think uh, there is complexity to, to to the Zemo character. I do think, though, that his character was, it's like, it's kind of one of the elements I think was generally kind of, kind of uh, like a little bit lost, I think, in the movie. Like, you do see like little bits of him generally scheming. And he does kind of have his like nice, you know, moment at the end where he's talking to Black Panther and he, he talks about his motives and you do see that he like at the end of the movie he did want to like shoot himself um as like and this was like kind of how he goes out but um like i keep wondering though like how much does baron zemo know about the goings on of the avengers and the sokovia accords like um, he talk like because generally when he talks to Black Panther, he talks about how the Avengers save the day, fly away, and he kind of has to live with the fallout and the consequences of it. But it's like, how did he know how to break up the Avengers uh, with the Winter Soldier and with the Sokovia Accords, and knowing how to put those together at the same time? Yeah, that's a good question, and I think a lot of movies have this problem where the villain kind of knows too much. Like, I, I don't think there's any way he would know the inner goings-ons of the Avengers, right? <laughs> How would he know about that sort of thing? Um, and it just sort of like, well, he just knows, you know? He's, he's, he's dedicated his life to this cause. So yeah, he just knows. But yeah, I don't think it's really ever explained. Like, how does he know these things? And to what extent he knows it, right? It's a bit of a plot hole, I think. Which uh, I guess leads me into like another question that's kind of similar uh, that I have about the movie is that does the general public know that Tony Stark created Ultron? Because that's never I don't think that's really ever explained. Yeah, but I, ne I never got that sense. I I yeah I don't think so. Wait, Tony Stark Tony Stark created essentially created Ultron. Yeah, does like the general public know that? Because, you know, at the beginning of the movie, like, oh, Tony Stark's uh, approached by that woman, and she talks about how her son died in Sokovia, and um, it, like, triggers this, like, massive guilt within him. Like, the United Nations might, they might know it. Um, but as far as, like, it getting leaked to the general public, because it seems like, because at the beginning of the movie, it starts with, like, the Avengers have, like, this big PR problem. Right. I don't know if the general populace knows unless they have some massive Reddit forum within the MCU <laughs> where they <laughs> spread that information. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think they know unless like that was like one of like uh, something that Black Widow leaked out in Winter Soldier. Like maybe not like the whole Ultron plants, but like that Tony Stark had something very similar. Um, but other than that, I don't, th I don't think they they would have known 
I feel like if the general populace knew of every creation that Tony Stark created that basically was going to destroy the earth, because <laughs> he was essentially the creator of everyone's demise uh, in every movie, if you think about yeah. it, uh, he would have been canceled quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if people knew that Stark was responsible for Ultron, there would be a huge public outcry, right? So I think the flack that he did get was simply because of like the collateral damage, right? In order to save the world, you know, it costs a bunch of innocent lives and those lives mattered. But we can go back it, to Killmonger, we can go back to oh, yeah. um um what's his name? Whiplash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even uh, uh, the terrible Iron Man 3 movie. Uh, what's his name? Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, Mandarin. Yeah. Mandarin. Yeah. He said the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Him too. That would be an interesting project. crossover. Oh my god. Directed yeah. <laughs> by Tech TT. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think even, even the public not knowing all the stuff that Stark has done, they're still pissed at him, you know? And I think that all, all this, all the stuff that he was responsible for, that kind of led to this tremendous guilt, right? The guilt he carried through like 10 years of MCU movies, right? And, uh, and it made for like a great character arc, right? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think the general public knew about his, his goings-ons with Ultron. Although just to be, precise it wasn't just stark right it was kind of stark and banner and the uh the mind stone was part of it and um so was jarvis right like all of these things combined kind of led to ultron right mm-hmm. which is different from the comics right because in the comics it was who hank pym right? yeah so and completely Pim. yeah very different um but okay so moving on let's get down to it which side would you be on? Thoughts on this? And we can get kind of deep on this. We can talk about like just on the surface level, like who are you, who were you rooting for in the movie? And then we can get a little deeper, you know, like in real life, like what would you support? Would you support something like this, the Superhero Registration Act, the Sokovia Accords in real life, that sort of thing? Any thoughts? Let's start. Let's start basic. Like, who, who, uh, what, what, what side are you on? Team Cap or Team Iron Man? It's too bad Punisher wasn't in this movie because <laughs> that guy was on his own team. You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. was that was pretty badass in the comics. No question. <laughs> I mean, I'll start. Uh, obviously, I'm Team Cap. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of, uh, I kind of looked within myself a bit as I was watching this last week and thinking, am I still team cap? Um, like in this movie and in the real world too, like you could argue um, a, a movement like black lives matter, which I definitely support is kind of in opposition to what cap is talking about. Like a lot of um, Trump supporters are saying things that captain America is saying in this movie. Right. I want my f- freedoms, you know? Um, but, uh, I mean, we can get a little deeper into it later, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely still t- team cap in real life. It gets a little bit more complicated, but, um, 
essentially what I'm saying is, is, is uh, team captain America all the way. What I find you guys? that in the movie, I'm, if I think about just the movie of just captain America versus Iron Man, I do think I, I lean more towards captain America. Um, but I think in real life I would choose Iron Man. I would choose the, um, you know, structural oversight, but, and I think that's just because like, you know, we love Captain America. We love these superheroes and it's like, I trust that Captain America is going to do the right thing, but, um, because Captain America is a superhero. Um, I trust that he knows what's right or wrong and he has a moral compass. He has the right moral compass. Um, and that maybe having, uh, the UN tell you what's where to go and what to take down would probably, uh, it's too much of a bureaucracy in terms of like emergency situations. And it's like he said, he might know, or they might send him to the wrong place to take out the wrong people. But that uh, that's the movie. Whereas I think in real life, it's good to it's really good to have the that structural oversight um, for 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 everyone for the most part. You know, in, in those like kind of uh, positions of power. I think for me in the movie, I would definitely pick Team Cap. Um, I think you know superheroes are superheroes because they're more than like the ordinary person they do they want to do what's right and there shouldn't be like any like political agenda to it or um like this whole political game of like where they should be going and what they should do and go through all this paperwork and stuff to get stuff done but in real life i think i would definitely be team iron man like these people need to be held accountable they need to uh just be over like yeah the government needs to like look over them and stuff like if casualties does happen like with what happened with scarlet witch in the beginning there needs to be like consequences and like other stuff i don't know that's that's my take yeah what would batman do <laughs> hey, hold, hold that thought. I, I was thinking of getting into the other other superheroes, which side they would be on to. So hold that thought. But what about you? It's Ramirez? like I almost want to say Team Iron Man, and I'm trying to think of a reason why I was like Iron Man for this, but I would <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'd go with Cap only because like you know the moment they're in the, the moment they're structured and have to follow rules, their secret identities are 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 now known. And at that point, what you know. They're they're not they're not superheroes anymore, right? They're just cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think on another note of uh, Cap, that I don't know if this takes it in a bit of a different direction, but do you also think because like a lot of the reasons we side with Cap is because in the last movie, uh, in the Winter Soldier, it's because they show Hydra taking over Shield. And so we kind of see kind of um, like what the system can become. The system can become compromised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's cool about this movie. We understand Captain America's position. Like he, he's been there. He's been the order following soldier for so long, right? But he knows that uh, 
you can't trust anyone. You can't trust authority. And I, I think in the movie, he says the safest hands are still our own. And um, as we've seen, that is the case, right? Like um, when he is going on his own moral compass, you know, things work out a lot better for him, right? Do you, do you think it's it, it could also be the way the movie is positioned because it is Captain America's movie that they're kind of highlighting his 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 position a bit more? Could it could it have been where they had changed the movie where we could see why Iron Man makes a much better point? And the only reason why I bring that up right now is because I've been binging uh, Cobra Kai. I'm sort of late to the game here. <laughs> it's really cool actually seeing Johnny Lawrence's side. I'm like, wow, if you can actually tell his side that way and you can understand where he's coming from, uh-huh. then maybe we could kind of understand the other side, which is Iron Man in this case. <laughs> that's a great show. <laughs> I agree. Um, but that's a good point too. Like, What if they made Iron Man colon Civil War, right? And And... Robert Downey Jr. got a lot more screen time. Maybe we get to see his side of the argument more, right? Um, but they didn't do that. And that said, you know, we kind of see what happened eventually, right? So there's that great scene in Endgame, at the beginning of Endgame, when Stark kind of breaks down and he starts yelling at everyone, and especially at, at, at uh, Steve Rogers, right? And he was like basically saying, you guys shouldn't have should have listened to me, right? Now you had to have your precious freedoms and look at what what it got us, right? Um, so that might be the best argument, right? If we had stuck to Stark's game plan, you could argue it it could have prevented uh, all the the destruction in Infinity War, right? But that said, I, I think we're all in the team cap camp at least for this movie and in the, uh, the, the comic book world side of things. But it does sound like the more interesting conversation is, is the real life question, right? So I, I totally understand what you guys are talking about. Like, well, if in real life, you know, we had superheroes, then, you know, they, they, they need to be... Ch- kept in check somehow otherwise you have a situation like the boys right we, we see what happens in that yeah. show right yeah you started or, that, by the way the second season i haven't i've only seen the first i but, just finished watching the first re-watching the first yesterday so i'm gonna watch the second one tomorrow oh nice um but yeah uh, other stuff like uh like uh, watchmen that deals with vigilantism a lot too and mm-hmm. and and the uh and the flaws in that way of thinking, right? Um, so I'm, I'm with you guys there. Like in real life, like this, it would be scary to have these kind of super powered individuals, right? But I mean, as long as we're talking about a hypothetical situation, you know, what if superheroes were in real life? Okay, if we have individuals like we see in the boys, like hell yeah, we would need to have <laughs> some sort of structure, some sort of policing the police sort of thing. But if we're talking about the Avengers, if we're talking about Captain America and, and Iron Man and, you know, Falcon and, you know, Vision, like, you know, I, I, I would trust these people to make the right choices 
you know, they're the Avengers, you know? Um, I mean, it's hard to, to talk in hypotheticals, like what if the Avengers actually existed? <laughs> but I choose to believe that if the Avengers existed, I would trust them and I would trust my life with them. So that's my take. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that, that's interesting, right? So of course, right now the police system is, is, is hugely flawed in this country. Um, but in the hypothetical of superheroes actually existing, do you think there would be a similar problem? Hmm. Uh, I think so. Or, go ahead, Porfirio. Okay, like, it's not that similar, but, I mean, like, I don't know. You look at, like, the protests going on right now, of like, the whole, like, police accountability and everything. Like, you see some, like, protesters, like, I don't know, like, rioting and stuff. MLK, Malcolm X in their day, like, they were seen as very, like, radical and just like out of line that they're not following the law and stuff so they were seen as like lawbreakers and um that kind of stuff but it's so i i don't know it's like hard to like be like like hold them accountable but at the same time like if you want like real change you have to like sometimes work outside the law you know to get stuff done i don't know I don't know where I'm going with this, but that those were just like some thoughts that I had in mind when you were talking about this. Yeah, it's a pretty complicated discussion, right? Yeah. And I think what you're saying makes sense, right? You can't be, you can't play it by the book for everything. Right? Yeah. So, um, that, I mean, that's kind of what, what Cap's about. You know, he, he's about, he, he was all about, uh, you know, falling in line, following orders. Um, but then he realized, you know, sometimes you got to make a judgment call. You got to just do what you think is right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that maybe ultimately is why we side with him. Um, but yeah, in, in a real life case, yeah, <laughs> it's real hard to say. And, you know, yeah. I, I, you know I'm, I'm really, you know, championing the Avengers. Like, oh, what if the real life Avengers were around? I would still support them. Like, I, I do think if superheroes actually existed, they would probably be a lot more like the heroes we see in The Boys or in Watchmen than they would be uh, Marvel or DC superheroes, right? Yeah. Um, so, but it just, I'm just saying though, if we're talking about hypothetical about the Avengers, I choose to believe the Avengers would be trustworthy leaders. <laughs> so anyhow, that, I mean, that's something, you know, we could, we could go back and forth on till the end of time, right? It, it's you know it, we're talking in, in hypotheticals. It's just there's there's no there's no end to the conversation really. Mm -hmm. So why don't we get to uh, kind of the more fun stuff? Like uh, Rainier, you were alluding to it. Uh, what, what what would what would Batman do here? So like what would what would other superheroes do? Like let's incorporate other universes. You know if other superheroes from around the world, from other, other, other multiverses join this battle, which side would they join? Any thoughts there? Like, let, let me start with Batman. We got two big Batman fans mm. here. Any thoughts uh, where Batman would go here? <laughs> I think he'd take the way of Punisher. He'd be on his own side. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Batman would sign the Accords. I think Batman uh, just yeah. does what he wants, and he already kind of works with the police. 
with, with some regard, but I don't think he would like turn over his identity. I don't think he would um, like he would he would go somewhere that say like the U.S. government told him to go just to do just because they want something done. Like Batman would have to have like a very specific reason to be there, and like he's probably like I don't think he would really have a problem with like kind of just giving the U.S. the finger, be like, "Yep, I'm a fugitive. I'm just going to do my thing, and you guys aren't going to stop me." Which you know has happened in Batman movies and comics before. I was thinking the same thing. Like, as different as the Batman and Captain America characters are, I think Batman would have a pretty similar view on things as Cap because it's kind of like what you're saying, Christian. He he works with the police, but he doesn't take orders from anybody, really. He, he does his own thing. And I think that that's what Cap wants here, right? He wants, he wants to work with the government and he wants, you know, everyone to... To, to work in collaboration, but he just, he doesn't want to have people with agendas controlling his actions. Right. And I think, yeah, Batman's point of view would be pretty similar. I think Batman's in a unique situation because as Bruce Wayne, he also like, you know, he can work on the political side, the government official side. And if he needs to get down and dirty, he can be Batman and, you know, fight in the underground. I'm curious. Let's see. Huh. That's, I think he'd have his own side, really. I don't know, because he could really teeter between both sides, if you think about it. Actually, um, so I just I just kind of just remember just now that there is a Batman comic that kind of deals with the situation. The Dark Knight Returns, like the last chat, the last couple chapters of it. Although it's uh, it happened like uh, where the Dark Knight Returns takes place in the eighties, the like superhero registration took place like I think maybe in the seventies. Like it's it's like way after the fact. And Batman said no, but Superman said yes. And in there, you see Superman fight the Russians, essentially for the U.S. government. And he, like, stops a nuclear bomb from going off. And that's kind of why they fight at the end of the comic. Yeah, actually, yeah, there's a lot of parallels to that comic and the Civil War comics and movie, right? Which leads to another, you know topic where would superman go i think to me it's pretty obvious that he would sign the accords i mean he's basically the ultimate boy scout right and i think yeah for the same reasons he he butted heads with batman in dark knight returns he would he would side with stark here yeah yeah i think so so i mentioned uh watchmen kind of parallels a lot of the themes in this movie too and you know i think there's a, there's a pretty obvious comparison because in in the original watchman graphic novel there's something called the keen act it's almost the exact thing as we're talking about when we talk about superhero registration act or sokovia accords whatever you want to call it um it's a little different in that it's not government regulating superheroes it's it's the government banning superheroes, but you know, effectively it's the same thing. Um, but with the Keen Act, you know, just to answer a question about like what other superheroes would go on Team Cap and what other superheroes would go on Team Iron Man, um, it's pretty explicit, right? Um, Rorschach from Watchmen, he he completely 
ignored the Keenak. He just kept doing his thing. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to keep like fighting crime. Right. So he, he, you know, he would be in, in the, the cap camp. And then there were other watchmen, uh, night owl and silk specter. They retired. Like they, they just like fell right on line. So they, they would obviously be on team Iron Man. Right. So there you have like a whole bunch of other heroes from other universes who, clearly would be on one side or the other. Okay, wait, I have one that I've been, I, I can't decide, but um, who would Luke Skywalker, like what side would he be on? Is it uh, original trilogy Luke Skywalker or is it original, current... <laughs> original trilogy? Hmm. Good question. Well, I guess in the, in the like, would the Jedi be uh, around as like, will the Jedi be established as their own order, kind of like in the prequels, or it just no, be like no, Luke no, Skywalker no. is just generally on his own. Yeah, Luke Skywalker, yeah, basically on his own, like in the original, like he's like one of the last Jedi. Hmm. I guess it depends. Like, uh, well, is the Empire around? <laughs> Which oh, which I guess <laughs> might just be like oh, is it like what movie is this? <laughs> I mean, just like like just Luke Skywalker's like personality and his beliefs. Oh, okay. I think Luke Skywalker would 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 have a better time sharing a beer with Cap than he would with uh, Tony Stark, because <laughs> Tony Stark comes from money and uh, Cap comes from more humble beginnings. And I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. He might see he might see that as like more of like working for the empire, mm-hmm. um, and like going with Cap. I think know, that's where Luke is being, <laughs> that, one, being with the Force. Yeah, that is a good point. Luke Skywalker is totally anti-establishment, right? So yeah, I could see him going on Team Cap for sure. And he becomes the establishment. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just like George Lucas. <laughs> Just like George. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I know that that topic came up because it kind of came up in the movie. Like, I didn't really notice this before last week, but um, uh, Black Widow and Iron Man were looking to recruit some folks and Hulk actually came up, right? So I think Stark was oh, yeah. trying, trying, trying to nudge Natasha to like, oh, yeah, let's go get Banner, right? Um, but that, that option really wasn't available. And I think they were kind of in agreement that Hulk wouldn't really be on their side anyway, <laughs> which I think is probably true. Um, but yeah, what about just like reeling it back into the MCU? Like what other, what would other MCU heroes think? Like which, which side would they be on? This is a good question because in the comic book, like practically every Marvel superhero is in this thing. Um, yeah. But in the movie, it's really limited. So what about the other MCU heroes? If they were in this movie, like where would they end up? Wait, you're referring to Hulk? What team he would pick? Would he? Is this um, is this Endgame Hulk, where he's massive and smart, or is this Rage <laughs> uh, Hulk Smash Hulk? <laughs> I, I guess that the hypothetical is is the the Hulk Smash Hulk because at this point he hadn't turned into smart smart Hulk, right? Yeah, smart Hulk might have a different, different <laughs> way of thinking. But uh, oh yeah, what about what about other heroes? Oh, I got one. Uh, what side do you think Nick Fury would be on? Ooh, 
Because that was a character I thought was like really like strangely absent from the movie. Well, I will say from the mo- from the comics, he did aid Captain America's side, like giving him mm. resources and stuff. So I would think in the MCU, he would still continue aiding Captain America's side. Like he's, you know, Nick Fury's all about secrets and doing stuff outside the law. Like he would hate to be regulated stuff i agree like he went through the exact stuff that steve rogers went through in winter soldier right he knew what a career under hydra did to him right so there's no way he would want some sort of like authoritative body controlling him right i mean actually in a in a nick fury move he actually might sign the accords but still do his own thing in secret you know yeah uh, but but uh from a from a uh, like a his mindset would definitely be like not signing the accords i think mm-hmm. yeah i agree now that you guys have said it it's like yeah i i could definitely see him not signing the accords or just Signing the accords and then doing his own thing anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I have one from the MCU. What if like okay, Black Panther technically never signed the accords, I think, but he was mainly on Team Iron Man for vengeance against Bucky. Right. Would Black Panther T'Challa actually sign the accords? You think? Hey, would Black Panther had to have been required to sign it since he's not even from America? <laughs> No, wait. But is like, this is an American thing, or no? Scovia Court, the thing was a UN thing. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's worldwide. Was Wakanda part of the UN at that point? I don't think so, because I think they were like seen as a third world country, and like even like by Black Panther, you knew that T'Challa didn't want to interfere with like foreign affairs and stuff until like Killmonger like, um, like confronted him about it. And then at the end of the movie, Black Panther's like, "Yeah, we're opening up our borders to." outside countries and stuff like that right yeah I think I, I, that, so like would, like so, you know like being from wakanda would he actually want to like be regulated like his own powers i guess by the sokovia courts or yeah that's that that's my thing that's my question who would what what would t'challa do hmm. I think he would still side with Iron Man. I think he would still sign the accords. Um, and I like I think he would probably do that as, you know, the king of Wakanda. Uh-huh. Um, as a way to kind of cuz I think that didn't his dad um wasn't his dad all for the accords before he died? His dad was, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he would follow in the footsteps of his dad and say that it's a good thing as well as kind of bring Wakanda into the like, you know, the the uh the world like like have it be a part of the global society and the global superhero society uh-huh. yeah i think pre killmonger t'challa absolutely would side with iron man and he would follow in the footsteps of his dad and just kind of run things like they had been running now i guess the debate might be after the events of of the first Black Panther movie, would he still do it? Because his 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 views kind of changed, right? You could argue maybe he would have a different point of view here. 
I, I still personally think he would. He would still sign it. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Rainier? Hmm. I mean, Black Panther and Cap, they are homies. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that is a tough one. I mean, because Black Panther, he's he he had also helped Captain America in in many ways. Um, I mean, he he hit Bucky for him for goodness sake, you know. Uh, <laughs> he did, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he even kind of made that like threat that like you know Cap was like they'll come after you if, if they find out, and he he was like, well, let them come. And you know, actually thinking about it more, at the end of the Black Panther movie, you could argue he actually became kind of more part of the world, or he 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 made Wakanda more a part of the world than before, right? Yeah. So he might be even more apt to sign something like this and just integrate Wakanda and yeah himself into what what uh, everyone else is doing, whether it's regulating mm-hmm. superheroes or whatnot so i mean yeah i, I mean i i kind of see what you're saying christian i could i could definitely see that mm-hmm. but as long as we're talking about black panther and uh and chadwick boseman you know what are your thoughts about him like how was how he in the movie like this is the first time Ooh. we saw black panther uh on screen right this is our first yeah. taste of him so now I don't know. Kind of in retrospect, now that he's gone, like, what are your thoughts of, just, like, when we th- when we think of Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, we, we think of the Black Panther movie. But this was our first taste of him. So yeah, like, what, what do you guys think of of him uh, in this movie? He was I a badass. <laughs> I thought it was cool how he how he was introduced. Like, it didn't feel like he was shoved into the movie because they wanted to have Black Panther in it. It felt like a pretty seamless transition in with um, his father, part of the UN. Uh, I can't remember what they were discussing there, but I mean, oh no, they were discussing uh, those accords, right? Um, like it, it felt like it fit really well. Yeah, yeah. What, I think they gave us just enough to like pique our interest in, oh, what's, yeah. what's, you know, what's going to happen with this guy? Yeah, his storyline definitely wasn't just like wedged in there it it was pretty seamless how they incorporated his character and um he he had a pretty solid character arc in this movie like it was cool that we got to see spider-man in the mcu for the first time here also but the peter parker character i mean there wasn't a whole lot of character development right i think with t'challa there was you know at first you saw him as this vengeful person and then he kind of uh, softened on that at the end, and he and he became a bit more open-minded. And it was just cool to see in in a, a pretty limited role in terms of screen time, um, like a, a solid arc, and you really got to know him. It was very cool, a great performance too. Like understated, yeah. but but uh, yeah, I, I was hooked, man. I, I, I you could tell that they they cast the right guy for the role. Yeah, I don't remember? Did they show? Did they show? Um... Black Panther in the trailers? I they did, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Did. yeah. I yeah, piggy bank off all those ideas. I remember, yeah, when I first saw Black Panther, I just I kinda like 
was like very excited. Like I, one of the first clips I saw of the movie was when um, Bucky is fighting like Black Widow and Iron Man, and, and then out of nowhere, T'Challa comes and tries to like fight him. And I just remember being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that's Black Panther. And then seeing him for the first time in his suit, I just was like, I just remember being very very excited because for the longest time I had been very excited to see Black Panther on the big screen and everything. And so to see him finally come to life, I was, it was just long overdue. And I was just so happy and excited to see that happen. By the way, speaking of trailers, I always thought the way they revealed Spider-Man through the trailer, I thought that was just, I think they could have left more to be a little bit more. I, I think there could have been, I, I don't think they, sh- they should have showed as much as they did in the trailer. I mean, they could have showed his web shooting out. I mean, how many Spider-Man movies have there been since then? Everyone would understand, oh, that's Spider-Man. It would have been cool if the big reveal was in the movie. <laughs> but of course, oh, how, how could they hide that, right? Yeah. 100% agree. Like, that's, that's a big, that, that's a big uh, sore spot for me, too. The trailer. Like, the trailer to this movie, maybe more than any other movie in the MCU revealed way too much like can you imagine if they kept it a secret that black panther and spider-man were in this movie and you found out for the first time that these two characters were introduced to the mcu when you saw the actual movie it would have oh, been man. like freaking mind-blowing it would right? have been like way more explosive seeing that on the big screen it you know would what I mean? have been crazy yeah yeah um probably unrealistic to keep that a secret but i like what you're saying rainier like what if the trailers you just see like a little flip flip, you know? Yeah. And then and save like that iconic shot fighting with Cap Shield. Save that for the movie, you know? Like it was just way too much, you know. And Black Panther too. You <laughs> get you got to see like a full on fight between Black Panther and Winter Soldier in the trailer. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. like yeah, just you know, just tease a little bit, and and then you know, we're gonna see this movie. Like, trust us. You know, um, yeah, you don't need to sell it. We like we already bought our tickets, like bought and paid. I know. For. Yeah, would have been what a nice trailer. To, just buy, give me the tickets. Would have been nice to hold back a little bit. So yeah, there there is that. I think they did that just because, like, with Spider-Man, there was just so much of a legal battle of like they really wanted Spider-Man in the movie. But they had to make it. But Disney, of course, had to make the deal with Sony for certain movies. And I think once they got them, they were just so excited about it that yeah. they got there to be like, "We got to tell everyone we have Spider-Man. He's gonna be in this movie now." I think. I think yeah. the probably the more real approach here is that we would have seen it first on toys, and <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they wanted us to see it on screen first before right. we see it on the back of a Lego box. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point i guess it's better to be spoiled in the trailer than by some stupid merch right <laughs> and i guess you know if you look back at this point you know marvel studios was was a huge success but i think they still had to rely on promotion to, to get audiences um, you look at the promotions they did subsequently like for infinity war and endgame like they just they just tight-lipped the whole thing. They didn't say a damn thing, and they revealed a lot less, right? And I think later on they could do that. But I think around Civil War, like, I think they still felt like, oh, wait, we need to bring out the big guns. We need to show people that Spider-Man is in this movie in a big way, and we need folks to come out and see it. So I think that was, that was a factor, you know? 
and we can, we'll get this uh, into this a bit more with like the DC conversation. But uh, if you recall, the uh, Batman v Superman movie was slated to release on the very same day as Civil War. It, it eventually changed, but there was a moment in time where they were both slated for the exact same release date. And um, there was a bit of a battle, right? So I think a lot of the marketing was such that like, oh, we can't, we can't tease stuff. We just got to bring out the big guns in the trailer. We have to win this battle, you know? That's a good point, yeah. It's almost like they really wanted to show up DC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, it would have been a lot nicer to have stuff revealed when you're actually watching the movie. But uh, hey, you know, that's how Hollywood works, right? That these, these movies are not cheap to make and they need to have some sort of like guaranteed box office, right? So the trailers uh, are that way a lot of times. Yeah. By the way, have you guys seen these companies where their their sole purpose is just to create trailers? Have you have you guys seen these? Uh, oh, I, think, I don't doubt it. What, what, it, what are you talking about specifically? I it's uh, I think I saw it on like some Vice News segment. They interview these guys that the, these companies that um, they specifically make movie trailers, and they talk about the trends of of how movie trailers are made, and what they talked about what is the current trend, which is like taking. Um, taking a like a like a, a pop song and then changing the tone to fit the feel of like something that's normally happy it's it's a tone where it's 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 more sad and somber or maybe even scary that's been like the the common thing and the they call it the the voice of a thousand voices that lead up to that epic shot <laughs> i'll forward you guys the video it's actually really quite interesting but there are companies that specifically make trailers like it's not the movie studios that make these they actually hire out these companies to make trailers for them Basically, to brainwash us. Pretty it much. Sounds like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Okay, so um, I think we can start getting to wrapping up. Uh, any final thoughts on Civil War? Watch Anybody? it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now that that kind of makes me think. Um, like, since we've all been kind of in agreement that this is not really a solo cap movie and it's more of an Avengers movie, like, okay, watch it if you haven't seen it. I think we all enjoyed it quite a bit um, to differing degrees. Uh, but is this a movie you can watch by itself? If not, like, what sort of movies do you need to see ahead of time? Is it like, okay, cap one, two, three, or is it like Avengers one and two and then Civil War? Or like, like watching order. Uh, are you asked? Are you wondering if this is a movie that's standalone? Like, if you've seen no MCU movies, which sounds impossible. Yeah. <laughs> would you be able to sit and watch this film and understand what's happening? I think so. I think it. I think it's kind of standalone. A little bit, yeah. I mean, the, the themes it deals with are are sort of independent of other MCU movies, right? So, it could. I mean, you'd miss out on a lot of references. But it could still work as a standalone movie, I suppose. It, it could work as a standalone. It just won't have the same like powerful impact if you hadn't watched like Avengers one, two, and Winter Soldier yeah. to understand how it got there. But it could stand on its own. Actually, I have wondered that. Like, is there any single MCU movie where if you watched it and haven't seen anything else, would you be completely lost? 
I mean, I think Infinity War might be the one there. Infinity War, definitely. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're like, what are these stones? Like, what is, who are all these <laughs> characters? You know, it really wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, I think. I feel uh, like it would still make, I mean, you know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guy is. <laughs> yeah, see that, that big purple dude? Obviously the bad guy, right? <laughs> but, uh, right, yeah. all, the, all the little Easter eggs just wouldn't hit as hard. I, I totally get that. Yeah. I wonder if we could find a person who has we, we had never seen. <laughs> we have that person. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, Henry. <laughs> well, uh, our friend, Eric. Eric, yeah. But now he's seen he's seen movies some. now. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying, someone who hasn't seen a single one, then drop Infinity War on him. Like, Oof. then get the reaction. <laughs> I'd be super <laughs> curious, right? Like, what would they think? It's like, that's a diamond in the rough, finding someone that has not seen any of these. That's like finding someone that has never heard of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. They're out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone finds that person... Let yeah. us know, and we'll do a whole podcast episode <laughs> about uh, this person. I mean, okay, I did, I, I didn't do this to my friend with Infinity War, but I, she wanted to get to the MCU, and so the first movie I told her to watch was Avengers, and she hadn't watched any movies beforehand, so that was her first MCU movie, and she was lost at first because she didn't know the backgrounds to like the characters, but. That's the closest one. I oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I could see how the first half could be confusing, but then the second half, everything is kind of straightforward at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I think, like, my parents might be, they, I think they saw Black Panther, and I think that was it. So maybe, maybe our parents might be those people. <laughs> To be like, all right, here, let's watch Endgame. And see, see what you think. Featuring in the next uh, Comic Sauce podcast. <laughs> Man, oh, Christian, you might have, you might be onto something here. All of like, our parents. Yeah. Maybe not like bring your next, parents to the podcast. Maybe not ex- next episode, but I think we might need to do this. Like, have our parents watch a Marvel movie or or any superhero movie, and and just get get their get their review, see what they thought of it. That would be pretty interesting, I think. What what superhero movie would you like ask your parents to watch first? Provided they haven't seen any. Like I think my parents have seen uh, like a few more outside of just Black Panther. But those are like Batman movies. Man, I, my temptation would be to spring something pretty fucked up on them like Deadpool or something. <laughs> but I have to be, just be wrong. I don't know. Hey, well, what side do you think Deadpool would be on in Civil War, by the way? That's a good question. Ooh. That's a good question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'd want any regulation. You know? Yeah, no regulation. Right? Yeah, he'd yeah. be with Cap, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait. I have a question. Henry, what about, like, your son? Are you going to, like, show him, like, all the movies in order? Or are you going to just, like, drop, like, Avengers here and Age of Ultron next or... Oh, Perfurio, it's already happened, dude. He's seen them all. He's seen them all, man. <laughs> He's totally into it. He, he loves Marvel. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, you know, 
I've, I've done my share of brainwashing too. So I, I've kind of made sure this is ha- has happened. <laughs> but yeah, I've showed him the movies. He's got toys. He's got a, a lot of the Marvel stuff. So uh, he's, he's definitely into it. Yeah. Has he seen the Dark Knight oh. trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> he has Just curious. Not. I haven't. I haven't like completely like banned DC from the household. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but but that one we haven't uh, watched. That that we have not watched. <laughs> Starting with the Batman the animated series. There you go. There you go. Twenty eighth anniversary today. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Last thoughts. Um, yeah. Any any final thoughts? It doesn't have to be about civil war, but uh, any any of the stuff we covered today, mm-hmm. or anything at all. Oh, I got a, I got a good final thought about the movie because we sure. were talking about character. Or we were talking about deaths earlier and how that didn't. It wasn't impactful. And while I think like uh, an actual death of a character would have like had a lot of punch, I think there was there was there's kind of one death in the movie, and I think it's it's the death of Captain America. But of course, Steve Rogers is alive at the end of the movie. But I think the hero Captain America dies when he throws down his shield to the Iron Man. He Good leaves one. the mantra of Captain America behind. He he leaves like he kind of leaves that core ideal that he's fighting for the American people behind as he kind of goes and works for for his own. And of course, in true comic book fashion. There's the rebirth in Endgame when he gets his shield back. All right. You could argue that at the end of Civil War, he becomes a quote-unquote nomad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised um, they didn't throw that word in there. Just a nod to, to nomad. <laughs> yeah. Would have been a nice reference, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, too obvious maybe, but um, that's the that's a solid point, Christian. I think uh, the, the superhero captain america ceased to be at the end of of civil war um in glorious fashion he did return in Endgame, though um but yeah i guess you know on a on a deeper level you could argue there was a a, a major superhero death in the movie yes. <laughs> so from that perspective oh hey real quick i wanted to run down some some uh just some observations that popped in my brain when I was watching this movie. Um, interesting discussion about vibranium came up. Um, King T'Chaka, before he, he died, um, he mentioned stolen vibranium from Wakanda. And he, yeah. says, he says this in an incredibly public forum, right? And it got me thinking like, whoa, he, is this a plot hole? Like he just revealed that there is vibranium in Wakanda, whereas in the Black Panther movie, the implication is that vibranium is completely held secret from the world, right? So it got me wondering. Some of us talked about this, but I guess the way to work around that is that it's not, it wasn't revealed that uh, Wakanda has these vibranium mines and they have this plethora of supply. It's just they happen to have some on hand that was stolen and that was the reference um but it does is, that, is vibranium yeah. like a known thing in general in the mcu or is it just something that government people are aware of like hmm, is it on the periodic table of elements i mean <laughs> i mean i know in uh, captain america the first avenger 
uh, Howard Stark does refer to the shield as being made out of vibranium. So it's a known thing in that sense, but as, as like a public knowledge thing, I don't know. Although what T'Chaka says here, it seems to imply that it is a known thing. It is like... That everyone knows what it is. Yeah, people know what it is. Now the argument is, did he just spill the beans on vibranium in Wakanda as being this major resource, <laughs> right? I think it's a bit of a plot hole, but it's one that you can kind of work around and just say, oh, no, no, you're just talking about just like maybe it was some vibranium in a museum that was stolen and, you know, he's not spilling the beans on on their whole operation, right? I think, that's, I think that's the take on it. Yeah. Because no one questions where vibranium's from in Captain America. It's true. True. That's true. Hmm. Uh, another thought, how weird was the Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter kiss in retrospect, <laughs> right? Super awkward, right? <laughs> like, so weird. Yeah. At the time it kind of made sense because it was like following the comics and everything. But the fact that cap ends up going back to Peggy in Endgame, it just made the whole thing just super like cringeworthy. Right. Yeah. You can't blame the guy for being consistent, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I think they made that. I think they created that scene just so we could see Bucky and Falcon's reaction, which was priceless. Right. <laughs> that made it worth it. But the kiss itself, especially now, knowing what ends up happening later, very awkward. So Cap got yeah. his cake and he ate it too. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, one minor thing, I, I chatted with a couple of you guys about this, but. There's that last scene with Zemo and Agent Ross at the end of Civil War, right? And, um, and Ross is basically saying, all this effort to try to destroy the Avengers, what did it get you? You failed spectacularly, right? And then Zemo says, did it? Right? So at the time, it seems like, well, the plan seemed to fail that in that he's back in prison and the Avengers they're still alive but i think the implication was that that steve rogers and tony stark's relationship is forever tarnished right but now now that we know that baron zemo is part of the falcon and winter soldier television show upcoming does that line did it mean something else you know i wonder is there something else uh uh, up his sleeve that no one knows about yet. Did you guys catch that? Or did that like go through your mind at all in that scene? I, I think watching it just this time and now that, especially now that you brought it up, it's like, Oh yeah, he might have something else. And I wonder if Disney or Kevin Fahey had that in mind or if they just wanted to leave that open just in case. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Like, from my understanding, um, Kevin Feige and a lot of the MCU producers, they do that. They don't explicitly set up a storyline, but they keep things open, right? So when he says, did it? In Civil War that came out in 2016, was filmed probably in like 2015, were they planning to have some nefarious plot by Zemo in a Disney Plus show in 2021? <laughs> Probably not, but 
they were probably leaving the door open there, right? So yeah, and therein lies like a great appeal to this universe, right? I love the fact that they keep stuff open like that, and a lot of it pays off in huge ways way later, right? So as fans, it's just like it's so gratifying when when you get to experience stuff like that, right? So I like I like to think when he said that line, it will pay off like later like in this show that's coming out next year right um and I'll, i'm i'm gonna be looking for it right you know, <laughs> i think it very well could could be so henry are we gonna do the rates like we usually do for oh yeah yeah we should we should now we didn't really talk about this before but um you know the uh these these movie recaps will will be a pretty regular thing they'll be kind of the crux of our podcasts for uh moving forward um essentially we're going to continue movie nights and then we're going to discuss them on podcasts right um and it is it would probably be good to like if you said give a rating like let me ask you guys when you evaluate movies do you think of it as like on a number scale on a, on a letter grade out of one out of five, or is it just, I liked it or I didn't like it. Like, how do you guys evaluate how much you like movies you've seen? Hmm. I think I do put it on a number grade personally. Um, like one through 10 is usually good. Um, but I usually like to keep, I guess, whatever I think of it, I'll, I'll try to think of, okay, an average is a five, I think, for me, rather than an average is seven. Mm, interesting. That's how I like to think of it personally. Mm. I think a rate of mine like Cold Stone. Love it. Like it. Gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know how I rate movies, really. It's, it, I'll walk away from it. Did I like it? Did I not like it? Um, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think mine's a little more hard cut. <laughs> yeah and along those lines it, it from the sounds of it the out of 10 scale is skewed anyway because i think from my from what i've been hearing uh the, the out of 10 scale is is, is kind of used by myself preferio and christian but i think we use it all in different ways <laughs> um because yeah I think if we went out on on an out of ten scale, it would be too skewed. It would be too skewed. I think we have to come up with our own definition of like what merits a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or a loved it or hated it. You know. Um, so like, like, let me hear what you guys think of this. So the uh, one out of five scale, where um, obviously one is you just completely hated the movie. Two. You disliked it. It it is a it is definitely a thumbs down, right? Uh, not as 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 much a thumbs down. Now here's the interesting part: the three is a recommendation, but it's it's a marginal recommendation, right? And a four is you really liked it, and five is like an all timer, like one of your favorite movies of all time. How does a scale like that sound? I like it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it evens the playing field a okay. bit, yeah. 
Okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Out of five. Um, let's do it. Um, how about, well, since you brought it up, Perferio, how about you? What would you give Civil War? One out of five. Five. Yeah, I love it. One of my favorites would recommend it. Five. A five. Even with some of the shortcomings comings we've noted. Actually, I don't know if this is so much a problem with you. Like the fact that it's not really a solo cat movie. Is that not really a problem for you? No, it's not a problem for me. I'm okay with it. A lot of good action. A lot of characters I want to see. Um, like I'm not a big Captain America fan. So I think that's why I'm okay with it. But definitely a five. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's go to Rainier. What do you think? I'm going to give it a... <laughs> I'm going to give it a smack dab in the middle three. <laughs> three. Okay. That, that's uh, a little on the low side. Wait, is it one to five, right? Three is like right five. in the middle? Three, three is in the middle, but, and it is a recommendation. It's still a thumbs, but, thumbs up, but um, I guess what that's we're saying, a, it, it's, a, it's a marginal thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I'm going to stick with, because who's team one? It still sort of stayed in the middle. Like there was no definite winner or loser. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a three. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the theme of the movie. <laughs> okay, how about you, Christian? Let's see. I think I'm in the middle of you guys. I think I would give it four out of five. Cool. I think that um, I agree with kind of like everything you guys said about it. Um, and I think that, yeah, there are some kind of story bumbles like here and there. Uh, but overall, it's just, it's a fun time at the movies. It, it's a lot of fun to rewatch. Um, you get a lot of that great superhero action. And yeah, four out of five for me. Cool. And I think I'm in line with you, Christian. I'll give it a four. A um, lot to like about this movie. You know, one thing I didn't mention before and it's another kind of sore spot here. And that's how much I love the previous Captain America movie, The Winter Soldier. That's my number one MCU movie of all time. And knowing that the Russo brothers were back, Chris Evans was coming back, Anthony Mackie was coming back, I had enormous expectations for this movie. So all the stuff we've been talking about, the shortcomings, um, it made it a bit of a disappointment, you know? Uh, Winter Soldier so, gets a five in my book, by the way. Right on. <laughs> yeah. If I could go over a five, I would. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Five. Um, but uh, yeah, like, you know, it's good watching this last week. It wasn't like we we're watching it as part of a Captain America trilogy series or something. We're just watching this movie and I kind of got to focus on it. And um, yeah, it works kind of like we were saying, it works as a standalone and um it's just a a well-made fun movie and it's thought-provoking too so Mm -hmm. yeah i'll give it a four all right and with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from perfurio rainier christian and henry